Hi everyone, welcome to I Thought You Were Special, a brand new podcast hosted by myself, Alice, and my co-host, Missy Information. Hello, hello, how are, are you all? I know you can't say how you are back, but I just want you to know that I care about how you are. How thoughtful. Um, we are here to go through the music videos and singles of the rock band Garbage. Um what do you what do you what do you know about the rock band Garbage, if anything, Missy? So I know a couple basics. I know a couple songs. Okay. I know of their existence, at least, <laughs> in that regard. Uh, the 90s, for me, is a bit of a cultural black hole. Mm-hmm. I was homeschooled. I was evangelical. So there was a tight clamp in terms of what was uh, played and available for us. Secondly, music as a whole was a pretty no-go until about the time that Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys and Eminem were getting popular because those are the first popular songs I really remember penetrating my little brain and getting earworms in there. So the two garbage songs that I know are, uh, I think I'm paranoid because it was on Rock Band, played Mm -hmm. a lot of that in college, and then as well as I am a James Bond appreciator i wouldn't call myself a huge fan or hmm. aficionado because I, I but i'm just very aware of it and especially bond themes mm. i had the like collection and the cd set garbage did the theme to the world is not enough which is i, I know much slower and i think downbeat than a lot of their songs tend to be um so i had like the two different two different sort of examples of what their what they could do musically. Sure. Um, and the Bond one felt more restrained, but not in a bad way. It just was, you know, it was them fitting a form that already existed versus, I think, a Paranoid, which is more so, obviously, in their, you know, it was their biggest single, I believe. Oh, no. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. I would say, that was the biggest single, okay, that was the biggest single that I'm aware of then. Sure. There we go. Uh, uh, I, that's that's the one that I've heard yes. on the radio, too, and mixes and stuff. Yeah. Actually, there may, and there may be garbage songs out there that I've heard that I just aren't aware are garbage songs. Oh, sure. Entirely within the wheelhouse of yes. here because I tend not to get into too many artists complete complete works mm-hmm. um uh mostly because i listen to the stuff that gets you know kind of is on the top radio or like any of those stations that plays like the mix of the classics and stuff yeah. and i'll go down and then um go and do like the, if i like an artist in a song i'll look at the next top hits and everything and i'll go from there but i just so much of it just gets to a certain sameness where I, you almost unlock what the band is about mm-hmm. and then you sort of like can't not hear what they're doing on some of it. So then it's like, well, I'm just going to listen to the best ones that I like of there. That's that's interesting. I, I really don't view it that way. But I think I think Garbage in particular, what you'll find as we go through all these songs is there are some similarities. There's, there's a lot of electronic elements to their music. Um, they do they do a lot of fast tempo stuff. But there is there's a fair amount of variety, even in even in the songs that, that end up as singles. So I'm really curious to hear what you think. My whole willingness to sort of be 
the vessel to pour all this into is my normal reluctance to explore new music and to really listen to music in general my brain is being permeated with podcasts normally yes that just became what i preferred and with that it has left me not just behind on popular music but on past music that i haven't explored yeah i mean what one something i will say is interesting is that today the music we're listening to the some of these songs are almost 30 years old which is how old a lot of the stuff in the nine when in the 90s when this was coming out that's how old the beatles was so um it that anytime you anytime you do one of those calculations it's it's hard to um it's a little hard for me as i feel ancient but nevertheless here we are um garbage was the first band i got really deep into as um i think prior to this i was really into weird al oh me too and then and then i and then i'm going to talk a little more about this later but how i discovered garbage but garbage was the first band i was really really obsessed with and i want and that's that's why i wanted to do this podcast i also think that because of the nature of garbage's career they they had a lot of success in the 90s they broke up in around around like 2006 and then they came back they got back together about six years later and have been steadily releasing albums and 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 new records and and videos since there's been this nice sort of arc to their career where especially in the stuff that they were releasing like five years ago it really comes back around in a way that i think is really interesting and cool and so we're gonna get to explore that in this podcast garbage has traditionally four members they've been it's the same four members who've been in the band the entire time um, Shirley Manson is the singer. She's probably the most well-known. Um, Butch Vig is the, uh, drummer. He was also f- famous for having produced Nirvana's Nevermind and some other, and some other records for Sub Pop in the early 90s. Um, and then you also have Steve, who is the bald one who plays guitar, and you have Duke, who is the tall one who plays bass. Shirley Manson looks like kind of what you would expect for a rock star and then three accountants behind her. <laughs> that is a perfect summation. You're going to see that in the videos because they, <laughs> they appear in pretty much some of these early videos, especially our performances. They, they get to, to some really weird conceptual stuff that we're going to get into later episodes. Um, band was formed in 1993 because um, Butch and Steve were, um, they had founded a studio in Madison, Wisconsin called Smart Studios. And they were, they wanted to start some recording projects and they were watching MTV one night and they saw a video for this band, Angelfish, and they really liked the singer. And Angelfish was led by Shirley Manson. Um, and so Shirley Manson got a request to meet up with these guys and they met in London once. And then she went to Wisconsin to audition for them. And if you're, if you're in, if you're from Scotland, you have no idea where, where Wisconsin is. Cause most people don't. Um, and so she's, she's going and, and, and apparently the first audition didn't go well. And then eventually, eventually she auditioned, she felt like she could do a better job. So she auditioned a second time and then the band was formed. Um, that takes us to our first video. So the first video we're going to watch is for the single Vow off their first album, which is self-titled. The, the link for this will be in the show notes. Um, I've, we sent it to Missy. We're just going to we're just gonna do a countdown. Missy, I'll let you do the countdown. And then we will watch the video and, and talk about what we're seeing. Missy is ready. So we're going to have the patented Missy 321 boop. Three, two, one, boop. Okay, so so we've got images of Shirley on on a bunch of old TVs. These these are old TVs back then, but th- I feel like this aesthetic has really come back around. Yes. I, I feel like I see 
ads and stuff with with piles of old TVs now. Well, and also I think Fallout helped with the analog tech reversion. Ooh, yes. Yes. And so something that's really interesting about this video is they were playing the song live while they recorded it. And it was actually the first time they as a band played the song together live because they had just all recorded their parts separately. And so this is this is basically the first time they ever played the song together. This is incredible. Yeah. I do love, um, you know, the different styles of music videos that this falls underneath the band playing the song that you're hearing right now in a space just yeah. live. Yes. And we're just filming them record it. Yep. I wonder if they actually are just playing it live in the moment or lip syncing or what. No, they, they were actually playing it live. I'll talk a little bit more about the director of this video after after it's done. Um, I think I think this is very endemic of the, the very similar to a lot of the early videos. They're going to be in this similar style. Um, a lot of focus on Shirley. I love her. I love her fur coat in this video. Um, and I, and I like that that there's there are a bunch of other shots of the other people in the band too. It's not just it's not just her. It's not like a Gwen Stefani no doubt situation. I was going to say, I'm surprised that the other band members aren't being as focused as much because I, you know, I sort of assumed it was driven by her, but I, I'm appreciating mm -hmm. that. She looks like, in all these shots, Catherine Parkinson, um, who was on the IT crowd and played Jen on that. Just very similar vibe that I'm getting from her, and I love that. So this song, I love this song. I think I, this song is very catchy. Is, is this song totally holds up? I think it's I think it's really hooky. Um, and I like she kind of snarls here. Ooh, that was a nice change. We also got this. We also got this weird little guy crawling around. Is he? I was gonna say he. He's not a band member. I assume he is not a band member. But he, he, <laughs> the director apparently used him in used this actor specifically in a bunch of his music videos in the nineties. Um, and garbage videos tend to have a weird little guy of some kind. Not specifically this one, but just in general, you're gonna see a lot of weird little guys. I didn't watch a lot of MTV in the 90s because um, I was I was fairly young and my parents didn't want me to. But I feel like a lot of videos from that time period are just band playing in front of a screen or something like this. Yeah, you can tell this is early band formation in the sense of they don't have a concept or like a brand that yeah. they're put. You know, it's not as put together, but this yeah. is who they are. It's a very pure music video. And I mean, Shirley Manson is just so like um, idiosyncratic. She's so unique in like like with her red hair and the fact that she's Scottish and just her whole aesthetic is so good. Yeah. And the fact that she is this splash of color yes. against you know sort of this backdrop of the the three uh, as you said the yes. three accountants. Well, you, you were saying earlier they they started dressing in black as they got older. It's like no, that's been the thing from the beginning. I'd say that's that's their thing. Yeah. I mean, it is smart because she's a very good focal point, yeah. for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. 
she's very interesting. Oh, this is this is a weird piece of trivia. You can tell that this was actually filmed. Those are actual CRTs that they hooked the video feed up to because of the line that moves up and down. Anytime you see one of those fake looking TVs that doesn't have that line, it means it was like it was green screened or something. Yes. Oh, interesting that okay. that was 1995 is the copyright on yeah. this. I don't know if that's when it was filmed or not, but interesting. A couple things about this video. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Samuel Bayer, who has directed a lot of very famous music videos. He also directed um, the music videos for Smells Like Teen Spirit okay. and Blind Melon's No Rain, the one with the little bee girl. Oh. Um, he also directed the, the video for Zombie by the Cranberries. Mm-hmm. He's, he was the go-to guy for your buzz band in the 90s, it seems like. he he did, he did He's actually the director of all three of the videos that we're going to watch today. And we're going to watch the third ones out of order slightly because they, it got filmed at the same time as another one um i'll talk talk a little more about that later but but yeah he was um this guy this guy was like the look of the 90s i feel like he defined the early 90s in terms of music videos and then hype williams defined the latter part of the 90s with the fish eye and everything yeah um the moment you said smells like team spirit that triggered what mm -hmm. i thought it was felt like it didn't look like it but i was trying to think of like what does this make me feel like and it's the shots it's the angles it's the cutaways it's really interesting that he is the one that fine-tuned this specific uh, sort of music video. Yeah. Other interesting things, they weren't even sure they were going to put this song out. They didn't know if it was going to be on the album. They didn't even know if they should include it. Oh. They felt like they felt like it was a little too derivative of, like, I think, the alternative rock that was being heard on the radio. Oh, that wouldn't make sense. That they were worried that it was going to pigeonhole them, but they also they also say that um, if they hadn't picked this song, they might have been pigeonholed if they picked one of the other songs that we're going to talk about. Um, so it, it, that's sort of interesting. They also were originally intending only to be a recording project, like they weren't going to tour, they weren't going to be a band per se. And playing live for this video that we just watched was the thing that convinced them. Oh no, we should actually go on tour. And so this video is really important to the the history of the band. That's fascinating. I'm, yeah, you can tell early on that there is a, an understanding of what dynamic will work for this group of four people. The fact that she's the lead, but they still focus on the other people. They're not trying to hide them, but they're also letting her be this center of, like, it's, because everything else around it is so, um, barren not barren but like sparse and simple yes. that and and the fact that all the tvs are focused on her the cameras that are in the room are all on her so it just everything is around this and then the cutaways you know to this as you say the weird man uh, that is mixed in there too which does it have symbology i don't know i'd probably have to watch it with the lyric sheet in front of me to be able to i don't think it does yeah i was just gonna say if you have a b-girl in a video i don't think you're trying to go for a broader metaphor you you think you're just having fun yeah all right let's move on to the second video let us do our second song of the day is for this episode is "Only Happy When It Rains." While this is this this is not their biggest single, I do feel like a lot of this is this is a, like a calling card song for the band. I feel like if, if you if you if you've heard of Garbage and you think about them, you're probably this is it's likely you're possibly thinking about this song. Okay. So yeah, let's 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 just let's just cue it up and go. Um, whenever you're ready, Missy. 
I am ready to go. And this first image of a child in a suit, it makes me wonder, oh, are we going to have more costumed uh, child in here? So at the top, only happy when it rains. Three, two, one, boop. Oh, boy. This is visually interesting already. There are yeah. people in masks and a lot of cutaways. Oh, my God. That blue. Yes. So, oh, that blue on her dress and yeah. her eyeliner. This is, this is like, the iconic Shirley Manson look, which is to say, like, an A-line dress, black tights, black boots. Um, yes. th this thing she does where she she sort of leans forward while she's singing, that was very, like, if you saw a picture of Shirley Manson in the 90s, it was like that. Interesting. Some some, um, some shots of the other band members. Yes, I was going to say, we have them too, and they're in their uh -huh. blacks. Yeah, a lot of eyeliner. Oh, no, is it green? I can't tell. Yeah, they're wearing green... I don't know if it's green or if it just appears green because they're in a green environment. The lighting? Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's definitely yeah, green. So now she's now she's in a pink dress also. Oh my god. Same 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 style, different color. And she's wearing green eyeliner. Uh-huh. I love how I was talking about all the colors and stuff and yeah. not about the action of what's going on. Because it's them in a warehouse. Right now, yeah. drilling and hacking apart different instruments. Cutaways to a field with a clown. Yeah, the the, the field and the clown stuff reminds me a lot of the Blind Melon No Rain video, also. Um, yeah. They are cutting up film strips. She's yeah. sitting in a very used bathroom. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, they're in like an abandoned building yeah. warehouse, so it's you know, God, that makeup is amazing. All of these Shirley Manson poses are just like this is what I think of when I think of Shirley Manson. It really is. This video is so iconic. Yeah. This song was always the the anthem for like so, sad kids. I w I don't want to say goth kids, but. You know, um, I mean, the title is called "Only Happy When It Rains." Right. right it, it was very much that, like, um, Enid in Ghost World or Daria getting called the Misery Chick. That sort of late, that sort of '90s aesthetic of of um, sad, sad girl who's like a loner. Absolutely. The song itself is very solid. I'm just, I'm zoned in on her. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're still cutting through. Okay, well, there's now more costume children. I love that. Call it that. Um, wow. Glitter, even. Yeah, I know. I never went through a goth emo phase, but I went through a having crush on the goth emo oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. phase. And so I actually discovered the band a little after this, but I feel like watching this video after the, after it had come out, this also had a big influence on me in the nineties. Um, this also this video was the one that really broke through for them on MTV. Um, I think both the song and and the video really really did a lot. Um, 
Now, now Shirley's in the field with the with the weird children wearing masks. Those videos that you see when you go to a museum and they have those little rooms in the corner where they're just like projecting a video on it and it's just meant for visuals. Mm -hmm. Like people who will see that art and they don't get it and they'll yes. be like, well, what's the point of this? I'm just seeing someone like doing a random thing, like right. picking up a can and moving it over and then doing back there once it is. Like, well, that's the whole point. Yes. Is that you just see it for what you do and you can get whatever. Right. Maybe it is you walk in for five seconds or whatever. But mm -hmm. this is the kind of stuff that on MTV, yes. thinking about yes. this playing at bars and clubs and in the background, that this is the kind of stuff that would draw your eye mm -hmm. and would make you want to see what's this band? Who is, what's yes. this stuff going on here? And it, 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 I, I can see why this director was popular as well. Mm -hmm. It's very distinct and it, yeah. it's something that when you're thinking, yeah, thinking about MTV, trying to get on there, what's going to play, if people are watching it, you got to keep their interest. If it's starting to get to that 90s when they learned quick cut editing, perfect, great for kids with ADD and that mm -hmm. sort of like, you know, it got quicker and quicker and quicker yep. as we go to now like my nieces and nephews watch stuff and it's just like, bleep, bleep, boop, 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 you know, and I faster than my brain can process it, but they're watching it, no problem. Um, those kinds of quick cuts are what's very interesting. And the fact that it always seems to be at this point, at least between one or two major... Motifs? Motifs, yeah. They're, like, they're sort of just like both going parallel to each other, but they're not perpendicular. So they're not meant to cross. It is until the very end where she's now in the field of the children. Yeah. But that's the thing too about most of them mm -hmm. is that the guy in the first video who was just dancing and writhing he wasn't with the band. We never saw him mm -hmm. with it. It wasn't meant to be part of it. It's just meant to be something visual that is going to get you hooked into viewing it if you are listening to the music or not. And yeah. that I can appreciate that. And and, and 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 that's a good point. The little button at the end where Shirley's Shirley's with the kids in mm -hmm. the field. A lot of their videos end up with a little button like that. That's that's actually that's actually another motif that I think we'll see a lot of as we as we continue to go through. Why don't we just head on into the third one? The third song is um, "Stupid Girl." And so Stupid Girl was actually the fourth video they made, but it was also directed by the same director as the first two videos we watched today. So I figured it, it made sense. Um, Stupid Girl was also my my entryway into the band, which I'll talk about a little after we watch the video. Um, this is also like, I would say this is the other big song for them. This is, a, this is a song that got a lot of awards attention. It got a lot of radio airplay. And yeah, so let's, um, let's watch Stupid Girl whenever you are ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boop. Ooh, that nice electrical shock sound effect. Yeah, oh. we got that. We got that. We got this film. We got the film. The film grain cigarette I burns. I am digging this beat already. Yeah. Yes. I probably know this song. Uh huh. We got a long, a long shot of Shirley. Standing in front behind a microphone. Ooh. So this video and the last video were both shot at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, the other video had a higher budget than this one, although this one is connected to be the bigger single that they pushed. Well, interestingly, it's it has more visually going for it than the first one. Yes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, but the, the the first one had location and props, I think. I, I know it's just like the version of After Effects. <laughs> 
But this is this is also, I think, a little more endemic of or, or, or representative of the the garbage sound. Yeah, it's less. There is guitar. There is guitar. You can hear some guitar soon, but it's also like more of like a club drum beat. This is a bop. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. Yes, uh, it's not ring. If it's somewhere, it's deep in the back, but it's now definitely in the forefront. Wow. Yeah, I think of the songs that Garbage has has put out that you might have heard in a bar or something, this is on the list for sure. But yeah, it's mostly just shots of the band performing. They have a they have the the word Supergirl written behind them. And then like scratchy film effects over it, lots of different coloring, tinting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm and those are probably all actually done film effects because this is this is like 1995. This is yeah. before they could do it with CG. Uh, this song though, I'm gonna be adding it into my repertoire. I uh -huh. want to do it at a show now. This has an amazing beat. Yeah. I even love these little weird sound blips and boops that are going on. Stupid uh -huh. girl. Stupid girl. Um, again, the Shirley Manson sort of silhouette for her outfit. Yeah. This is this is a color block dress, but it's it's again the same sort of A-line silhouette. Yeah, it's very with black tights and the and the black boots. It just sort of reminds me of the shape of like the mod dresses, but not the patterns because yes. it's very simple. Yes, but it's that figure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that was that was around the time when I think girl group aesthetic start really started coming back again. It would, I mean, yeah, because you know everything's thirty years away, so the sixties would have been coming back in the early nineties. So you get that. Mm -hmm. God, this song is gonna be in my head. Mm -hmm. If this is a lot more of what their quote signature sound is, I'm gonna be having an incredibly fun journey as we get going on. Oh this. yeah. Hell yeah. This this is like I feel like this song would be in the rotation at my gay bar, my like my local gay bar. Oh yeah. It is it's mm -hmm. that it's like a song for for us for lack of a better term. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get it. It's it it's a song called Stupid Girl. Yeah. You would be calling your friends Stupid Girl all the time, it's right? It's so true. Yeah. The video. This video was inspired. Samuel Bear was inspired by the the credit sequence to the movie Seven, which I've never seen, but apparently is is very similar to this aesthetic. Okay. Yeah, I've not seen it either, but I, I, I get the writing on the wall, the sort of blood. The. Okay. It was this 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 video was nominated for a VMA for best new artist in a video, but it lost to Alanis Morissette's "Ironic," which mm -hmm. is a icon iconic music video. So I, I don't feel bad about that. One of the drummers has a hairstyle, yeah. and he has like a goatee and mustache. Yep, and his yep, that's Butch. That's Butch Vig, and, and yes. long hair. Yes, he. Uh, well, no, right now it's like the one that's kind of short. I think it looks like it okay. goes to here. Usually, usually it's about shoulder length for him. Okay. But, yeah. but he looks a bit like Mackenzie Crook, who was 
like the Dwight, the, the version of Dwight on the the British office, I and was mm. oh he was one of the he was like one of the pirates in the Pirates of the Caribbean film, but also a bit like Steve Buscemi, I think yes. the character in Mr. Deeds has like a very similar haircut and must it's it's yeah. giving me Steve Buscemi and it's like some role of his oh. specifically, but yeah it's like a mix of those two. I would say Buscemi, Buscemi facial hair, but definitely not the face of Buscemi. Like, like, no, like, no, 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 not the face. Yeah. No, there was literally just the the goatee I was looking at. I'm like, that's Steve Buscemi's. Yep. That's why I'm getting Steve Buscemi vibes from him. It's not the face. It's just that the goatee is distracting me in that regard. This song, yeah, this song, okay, is can can we listen to it again after? Oh, so actually, <laughs> I have. Well, I have a I have a bonus I have a bonus clip for oh, this song. So let's let, I'm gonna send that to you okay. now. You just sent yeah, it. Yeah. The but this bonus clip, um let me know let me know when you get it ready. Oh, the, okay. Um, this is the Fashion the, Awards uh performance event. Yeah, okay. this is the ninety-six VH VH one Fashion Awards. We'll we'll put the link in the show notes also, yes. Three, two, one, boop. Audience already clapping along. They know this one. Yeah, this was this was this was their big hit. I'm curious to see, see what she's working and get, well, see what she's wearing, getting into focus. Oh my god, I love it. It's like a yeah, it's like a it's like a, a shirt dress. Yes, I was gonna say it's like the top half looks like like a romper, but the bottom half is a skirt, and mm-hmm. it's very red with the long boots. Mm-hmm. Very simple makeup, but with very punctuated eyes, like very clean circles, mm-hmm. very clean eyebrows, very clean lipstick. It's fair. It's like twiggy, you know, just th- that cleanness to the to the design. Oh my god, stupid mm-hmm. girl, stupid girl. Audience is totally into it. I mean, why wouldn't you be? Yeah, and the guys are just in the background playing. They're mm-hmm. just there for her. Ooh, what? A, a gingham shirt. How daring. <laughs> yeah, they're wearing, one's wearing a striped shirt. So yeah, Duke is the guy in the far right, Steve is the guy in the far okay. left, and then Butch is the drummer. Okay. And, um, I'm going to be somewhat naive. Are they playing live or are they lip syncing? I don't know how I, it is with these types for, of live For this one, I don't know for sure. I This might have... If they might be lip syncing to a pre-recorded live version. I do believe this is a live version of the song, but yeah. Yes, no, it sounds like a live version of the song. I guess that's yes. what I meant more of, is I didn't know if they go in, be basically doing a rehearsal, get the recording of it, and do it. Because yeah. I know, like, um, that's more common than people realize. Right, yeah. But I don't no, know. No, no. Um, I also like know, she's wearing she's wearing bicycle shorts underneath her, underneath the, underneath the dress. Uh, is she really? Yeah, yeah. You, you get a little flash of black there. Um, oh, Yeah. I actually just saw that as she was yes. uh, twirling around there. Is that all the secret I need for a padded ass? I just wear my bicycle shorts. It's that easy. Yes. <laughs> oh my word. 
I don't I don't like to talk about having a type when I when I talk about who I want to date, but my type is like Shirley Manson. She is my type. You know, it's fine to have a, a somewhat archetype out there because you can find people within all sorts of different ranges within that archetype. Yeah. But I can understand. She is absolutely one gorgeous. Yes. Two is clearly strong, very personable. Okay, wait. Art. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. You have to watch her right now. There's something important, very important is going to happen. Okay. She's playing with the microphone stand. Is that some side boobage going Yeah, on? so this was controversial at the time. They said she had a wardrobe malfunction. Oh, of course it was. For, for that much side oh, boob. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, look at the button. Yeah. She knew exactly Seriously. where where it was going to land was this just is, wearing it. Compared to what we see on TV these days, this is literally nothing. Do you know what? Good for her. You go, Shirley. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that that's why we watched, that's why we watched that clip. It, it was on the Wikipedia page for this song about how controversial it was, and I watched it earlier today, and I was like, that's it? Really? I'm, but I am grinning, because I have discovered a, a new Missy song that is immediately going into her repertoire of songs that I sing in the shower. <laughs> this is... That's a okay, so one. I want to lay down a rule, which is you can only listen to songs that we songs that we cover in the show. Oh, yes. And so you'll build a catalog over time. Yes. Um, versus... Because I don't want you to get spoiled on, on other songs for, for future videos. No, I am... Um, for those of you who have not listened to my Twagist project where I... Where I watched Twilight four minutes a day... Uh, for every day of the month of August, I am very good at keeping myself within the bounds of not spoiling when I am told to. In terms of garbage, I am blank slating myself. Blank slay with Alice and Missy. Don't sue us. And so um, <laughs> I am really, really excited to just have the slow burn of all of these go. Nice. It's I want more of, but I, I'm going to get my fix with Stupid Girl and these other two songs. I want to tell you the story about how I found Garbage yes. initially. Yes. It's, it's kind of weird. So in the 90s, I was into, I, was, I liked listening to the radio, and I was really into the song Gangsta's Paradise by, by Coolio. And I really wanted to get that CD so I could listen to that song whenever I wanted because this was before the internet and and, and easily yeah. accessible music. You had to pot, you had to pay for a, like a, like a twenty dollar album just to hear one song you liked. And my parents wouldn't let me buy the buy the album that Gangsta's Paradise was on because it had the explicit lyrics label. Uh, this was a big thing in the nineties, and my parents were very strict about it. But it. I found a loophole, which is that. At the time, the the Recording Academy would put out a, 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 an album of Grammy-nominated songs. Oh, boy. And the 1996 version of it had Gangsta's Paradise on it, and it didn't have the explicit tag. There you go. Look at that. That's, that's the type of thinking 
that I employed with a very conservative household was finding where those little loopholes, where those little bars and yes. lines would go. It, part of yes. my media consuming and my media critique just stems from the fact that I was always having to be aware of what content was in something so that I didn't get in freaking mm -hmm. trouble and get like stuff taken away because I accidentally was watching in a live performance with a nip slip in it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so listen to the soundtrack. Listen to the track listing in the CD because this is all this is all bangers. I'm ready. This this was a big influence on my on my on my music taste. Okay, Mariah Carey, Boys to Men, One Sweet Day, okay. Coolio's Gangsta Paradise, yeah. Joan Osborne's One of Us, <sighs> Kiss from a Rose, oh. TLC's Waterfalls, yes. Alanis Morissette, You Ought to Know, mm -hmm. Hootie and the Blowfish, Let Her Cry, and Shania Twain, Any Man of Mine. I like that almost half of those were parodied or put into a melody parody polka by Weird Al. And that is how I, yes. I realized, I'm like, oh, I know all these. I'm like, yeah, because they were par yes. parodied by Weird Al on that hair day. Right. I then bought the 1997 Grammy nominee CD because I was a dork who thought this was a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but it did expose me to a lot of really good music. And so Stupid Girl was on the 1997 Grammy nominee CD. And so I'd heard the song primarily through that first, and then something something happened um, much later, like 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 four years later, that really triggered my interest in Garbage. But this was my first exposure to the band. That is, that's fascinating. That is, I would say that's kind of similar to what I did when I was exploring music because. Um, as you said, CDs in the 90s were, and late mm -hmm. thousands, well not late, but early thousands were your access, because you didn't have iTunes yet, you didn't have iTunes, or iPods. Napster, you didn't have any you know, of that. Um, yeah. And so what you had to do was rent it. I rented it from the library, and it was much to the consternation oh, to my parents, which it was funny, because yes. this is a missy loophole. I, I told them, I said, look, if I rent this from the library for free, I am keeping it in a circulation from someone else who would enjoy it. If I burn it and I'm listening to just <laughs> these couple songs, it's oh. it's saving other people the hassle of me oh, being God. a Uber who just wants it for this one song or whatever. And it was the most like brain-breaking logic because they they felt it was piracy, but I'm also like, well, it's offered for free. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to... I, I, you know, yeah, I know I'm twisting the rules and logic, but... right. What's your what's your out for this? And they just didn't quite have one. The, the the '90s level of of kids kids devising strategy for stuff like this is unparalleled. I think. I I'm interested to see the parallels in your experience of discovering garbage, mm -hmm. and my experience of discovering like like bands from the '70s and '80s when I was in high school that like but that my at the time were contemporaries of my parents when yep. they went to high school. Like I learned about the band Sticks. I remember playing it and <laughs> blowing my mind that my best friend's dad and my mom both attended the same Sticks concert. Like, they didn't know each other, but like, like just went to the same Sticks concert. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, we love this band. I'm like, what? How does my mom know? I'm like, oh, that's right. Like, this is their music. And yeah. it, just, it just became this interesting thing where I then had to quickly learn a lot of this stuff as I went, because I was doing broadcasting degree, was going into wanting to work in radio, so I just had to learn and do an education of it. But again, it just skipped the '90s. It just missed me, and all I can think of is "Stupid Girl." I it just has been playing in the back of my head through all of this now. That song was that song was um, I think 
doing some research today, it seemed like a lot of the the music journalism in the '90s was bad. It's 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 not great now, but it was especially bad in the '90s. And so there were a lot of interviews where with Charlie Manson, where they would just be like, "Who's the stupid girl? Are you the stupid girl? Who's the oh. stupid girl?" <laughs> It's, it's, I'm sure it's like being plagued like Carly Simon, everyone asking her. So who? Yes, exactly. The person here so vain. It's like, do you think, do you think they're going to answer after having said the same answer all this time? That right. You're you are going to be the one that they're going to finally go. You know what? I am the stupid girl. Yeah. It's like no. It just is what it is. So what do you what do you think overall for 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 the for for garbage? For garbage, I am excited. One by the sound, I'm already into it. I'm, I'm I'm glad it would be it would be a bummer if you were not into this band. I'm I am really curious what you'll think of the second album, uh, version 2.0. We'll get to that in a couple episodes. In our next episode, we're going to be discussing the the three videos: Queer, Milk, and Number One Crush. Oh boy, I I mean Queer, Milk, Number One Crush. It just sounds like a Thursday afternoon <laughs> for Missy. I'm Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining me for the first episode of I Thought You Were Special. As we always say to to end the show, we're just two stupid girls who are only happy when it rains. <laughs> I make that vow to you, our audience. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye bye.